what it is, what's up. That's the length of time it took Auburn to completely lose a lead against a completely incompetent offense in the cut back with another podcast. And I think that it is over with. Auburn season over with. Um, perhaps Gus's tenure is over with. Um, I'm waiting for my veggie casserole that I got out of a fucking freezer to cool off. So hopefully that's over with pretty soon. Um, yeah, I mean, it's done. Uh, two losses. Uh, already behind A&M, behind Alabama significantly. Two games back behind Alabama. Um, got creamed by the same team Alabama just creamed. So that's not a, never good. Trends of property. Um, I would imagine they lose to LSU, probably officially done for the year. Uh, look like maybe the worst team in the SEC West, I would say. Probably the second worst team in the SEC behind or ahead of Vanderbilt. Uh, and those aren't exactly things that I care to discuss right now because, I mean, those time and place for them. But if you if you genuinely believe that Auburn like has any uh, real chance of competing for their, not the playoffs, but just like a significant season that isn't a complete failure on every level, um, I mean, you're just not seeing a problem in the field. They look completely out-talented by not not good teams. I mean, Arkansas looked like a better team top to bottom. Uh, South Carolina, the second half, looked severely better on every level. Uh, quarterback, whew, I don't think, I don't think we play a team with a worse quarterback the remainder of the season. Even with Matt Corral throwing six picks against super defense Arkansas, even with um, uh, KJ Costello looking like uh, how a Stanford play, a Stanford attendee that uh, went to a real football conference should look like. Um, I still don't see anybody that we should beat. Even with Garantano Bay officially being closed down more than likely for the remainder of the season, I still don't see a quarterback that's like worse than Bo Nitz on the schedule. Um, I, I mean, some people may not like that, but I mean, it's just an objective fact. Um, honestly, the only two players on offense that I can depend on to be a actual threat to the defense week to week is probably Bo. I mean, not Bo, not not Bo, Tank and Seth. People say what they want about Seth's attitude and all that stuff. Uh, at the end of the day, Seth is a threat to anybody's scheme, even if he's fifty percent, as we saw against Arkansas. He's still something that has to be counted for. Um. But other receivers, you know, a lot of inconsistency, a lot of potential, but a lot of inconsistency. Um, let's go to let's go to the takeaways. You know, let's go ahead and get this knocked out. So three takeaways, five takeaways, three, five. Let's go with three and see where where five looks like. So first takeaway, well, let's the pre takeaway, the undercard takeaway. Bo is horrible. Uh, that was the undercard takeaway. The first takeaway is that Gus has clearly failed. And we, we this was a um, a contentious issue amongst Auburn fans since 2017, when we were wondering, you know, what does what does it look like after Stidham after 2017? What does this look like? Stidham, Stidham comes back, so that answer wasn't given at that moment. But we with all the times to actually give guys for development uh, during 2017, and uh, not as so many of those in 2018, but still a lot of contentious battles where Stidham looked horrible in 2018. 
and Gus never even considered giving anybody else time. Um, just even for the future, much less for the present. Uh, we had these moments where Malik Willis was pretty much an unknown going into his last year at Auburn. Um, we had, you know, Seth White was gone, or Sean White was gone. Um, JF3 obviously graduated, Jeremy graduated. So all of the, all the previous talent behind or before Stidham's time was all gone. And then the recruits was Malik Willis. I guess Tyler Queen would have still been there, but he's long gone. Um, later we get uh, individuals like, who else did we get? Joey Gatewood. We got Joey Gatewood. And Joey Gatewood, unknown quantity right now. Malik Willis looks like, well, his talents, and you can say what you want about Liberty, but his talents, if translatable, look to be to be like the most talented Auburn prospect at quarterback, the most talented, proven individual—not <laughs> prospect, fuck that talent shit—but the most proven pro- player to play in an Auburn uniform at quarterback since 2014. Um, can run, can throw, playing a very under-talented Liberty squad. Hugh freezes, Hugh Freeze, of course, but still, I mean, not a talented Liberty squad by any means. And he, he, Malik's bowling, uh, so yeah. To close the cap on that earlier issue, people always want to know, is Gus just failing these guys with his recruiting, or is are they truly just, you know, is the development failing them, or are these just project players, blah, blah, blah. We, we can see right now, it's Gus. Gus failed these guys. Uh, Malik worked out beautifully. Joey, even if Joey doesn't end up being like all that, that some of us think he will be, he still was worth developing more than Bo because the simple fact that he had another year of experience and obviously like being my mental fortitude is uh, an ability that Gus clearly undervalued in Bo because we're at this point and that skill is not possessed by Bo whatsoever. Um, just food for thought. So yeah, Gus failed quarterback development, failed quarterback recruiting to a certain degree. Um, how to, to what degree, I don't know. I mean, I still think he recruits better than an average team when it comes to quarterbacks. Obviously, having a five-star, having a high four-star athlete, um, having four-star Tyler Queen, four-star, I believe, Sean White, uh, fringe, five-star J- Jeremy Johnson, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, does decent. I wouldn't say amazing, but decent at that. Uh, four-star Demetrius Davis next year. You know, d- decent. But could be a lot better, obviously. Uh, number two... Chad slash Gus has, in my opinion, failed at managing or using elite talent well enough. Uh, Pegues, as I understand, got very few touches, if at all, in this game. And as you can obviously see, uh, did not have a reception, did not have a running play, and was not allowed to throw today. So the Wildcat with Pegues was essentially non-existent. I didn't watch over 50% of this game. I'll tell you right now. Um, I slept in for a while. Didn't want to get up to watch it. Eventually watched it. We go to McDonald's and sausage biscuits. So also I lost on that. Just lost a lot of time uh, with this game. Uh, and I don't think I lost out on anything, like any kind of real experience. But I did lose out on me being able to concretely say Pegues didn't play. However, it appeared he did not have a real effect on this game. Um, Tank Bixby got pretty much zero work in the second half. Uh, 
Bowl had more carries than he did in the second half, I'm pretty sure. Uh, the receiving, the Tank being basically a, a GOAT at receiving as a running back to this point, as an armor running back especially, um, the past two seasons, two weeks, did not occur this week. No receptions for Tank. DJ got a couple, which is cool. I mean, DJ's a good reception back in his own mind, but, you know, Tank is proven to be very good at receiving as a running back and did not have that happen much. Uh, finally, got some tight end usage, so that's a pro. But if you look at the defense, well, that, that's not their position. Let's just stick to the offense. Offense uh, definitely needed a couple more uh, guys. Uh, it's a lot more focused on the running game. They need to be more focused on the running game. Even Stowe popped off for a 12-yard carry. DJ had a, you know, overall positive YPC. And even Bo had a decent day running the ball as well. So definitely some mismanagement of what was working and what wasn't working. What wasn't working was 47 attempts for Bo Nitz, uh, 59.2 QBR, three picks, and only a 5.8 YPC or YPA. Um, some context, Schwartz had quite a few drops. Xavion had a huge drop. Uh, Seth did not make any of the, as I understand, did not make any of the really crazy catches that he typically does. And he also had one really huge uh, play that was, I believe, called back because of a holding by Xavion Caper. So uh, definitely a lot that was left on the field in terms of yards. You could say at least 50, 60 yards that was left. But even then, it was still been 27, let's say 27, 28, 47 out of 47, which would have been, you know, what, 28, 56 is 28 times 2. So maybe 60%, that would probably have been about where Bo was scratching at uh, if really obvious drops didn't occur. And at the same time, I mean, <laughs> you can't really, like, like people like to say, like, the receivers need to catch everything that's thrown to them. No, I mean, if it hits your hand, it always means it was a good one. You look at the second pick, that hit Seth's hands, yes, he could have worked more, worked back more to get that. But at the same time, at a certain point, you throw behind a guy so many times, he's less... In Seth's case, definitely, he's less willing to go back and get that because of how hard it is for him. And that's not every receiver. It's definitely Seth. Seth is a little bit more temperamental than most guys <laughs> that play football. But, I mean, it's just like these guys have been bailing Bo out for a year and a half now, a season and a half. People have to understand that stuff. It is tough to ask guys to continue bailing out a quarterback after two seasons. I can see you're a freshman. You have all the, uh, you know, baby face in the world and you know lord knows the concepts of baby and face you know the two things that both parties want to hear about right now but um yeah i mean and then you have from what i understand bo barked at seth going into the i think seth might have like said something to bo about the, the throwing like the lane and i think bo replied to him kind of snarkily from what i understand uh snarky not snarky snarky and then they, I guess, kind of going back and forth with Chad trying to talk and Chad trying to break it up, fail. And then I think Seth just kind of pushed off Bo and kept it moving. Um, I, I, I don't think Bo, you know, I think Bo does do a good job of taking in some criticism publicly, but I don't think he understands exactly how much he's like doing wrong in comparison to like other guys. Like, if Mac Jones eats out of receipt, eats out, holy shit. Uh, choose out a receiver. <laughs> you know, Mac Jones chewing out a receiver, that's one thing. Trevor Lawrence, one thing. Justin Fields, one thing. 
But if you, Seth Willis, has bailed out Bo for pretty much every good performance Bo's ever had as a you know as a uh, quarterback on this level, you can't expect like to be also be able to like tell a dude, hey, I need you to you know go back a little bit towards this ball. And then the third one, uh, it looks like Bo threw it out and uh, Seth ran in. How do you have conflicts over routes? This many games in, that that just goes to show me. I want to save this point for third, but I'll go ahead and say it. I think Gus has clearly lost the locker room in a sense, not completely, but just the, the fragmenting that I think has been rumored for off and on. Um, you know, I think Gus has done an amazing job of sewing in that fragment, uh, either via really having really good characters in the locker room or just you know coaches working their magic. Uh, if you go back to Gene's tenure. Gene didn't have leaders in the locker room and Gene didn't have leaders in the coaching staff. Gus has made done a good job of, you know, not falling down that rabbit hole. But it's clear that for whatever reason, you know, injuries, um, COVID, whatever, on defense especially a lot, the, the leaders aren't there. And if you go to Twitter, I mean, we pretty much see a different player come out every week and say leaders aren't there on both sides of the ball, especially the offense. Like McQuell, Marquell Harrell did that very thing today. Um, I mean, guys aren't playing for each other anymore. Guys are playing just to go through the motions, do the coach asking them to do. They're not playing to win the game, which is very telling. Um, I mean, the offensive corner came and separate his two, two of his three most important players on the team. That's very telling. Um, the, the, I didn't even read the press press conference this time around, but I mean those are just uh, a, a a a play in mediocrity, a mediocrity play, a play that revolves around a constant mediocrity. It's literally Gus saying the same nonsense again, and again, um, and I, I, you know the a lot of the from what I see, a lot of the the reporters. Uh, that do have ends with Auburn. They don't try to go too hard on Auburn. And the ones that want ends, <laughs> Philip Marshall, uh, don't want to go too hard on them either. So it's never going to be him getting pressed on these really vapid responses um, like he should, which is unfortunate. But, you know, it is what it is as far as that goes. You know, it's all about politics in one way or the other. It's all about agendas and such. And that's just what happens. But um, that might have been... My second one was mismanagement, right? What was the first one? Was that, was that the first one? I think the first one was mismanagement. The second one was on the tip of my tongue, but uh, let's just close out with this. Auburn, you know, would be lucky to finish five and a half, five right now. Uh, you can look at some of this, and this is what happened last week on AU Family. God tried to compare, you know, other failures from other teams and contextualize that to how Auburn could do. Look at this. Arkansas, probably a third, maybe second best team in the West. Thoroughly outplayed Auburn after the first quarter or so. Thoroughly outplayed him. Uh, especially if it's the first half, I would say. Uh, Mississippi, how in Mississippi did a stinker, right? It's Arkansas. Arkansas is a good defense. Auburn is not a good defense. Auburn's DBs are like not good at all. Their linebackers are bad. How is Auburn going to keep up with Jaron Ely, Snoop Connor? And maybe Plumlee, I would imagine Plumlee to get some chance at the corral. Fucking terrible today. Um, 
all that misdirection, they weren't good against that misdirection last year. I mean, they were okay. They were better than Alabama. They were better than some other teams. They weren't great LSU. They were better than LSU, too. They weren't great against it. Now you think with an even worse team, uh, you're going to play that misdirection better, with a potentially better Ole Miss offense? I don't think so. Um, and Ole Miss, I mean, defense looks terrible. So it's going to probably be a shootout, but it's in Mississippi, so I have to probably give Mississippi the benefit of the doubt. 11 a.m. kickoff. If you remember 2012, Auburn looked fucking terrible in I guess, 11, a.m., 11 a.m. kickoffs on the road. They looked bad, period. They looked terrible, those 11 a.m. kickoffs on the road. LSU-CBS game. Um, I don't know how LSU loses this. I mean, they look really bad, but they look like they have things that are, like, certainties. Like, Stingley is still okay. Um, the safety, whatever his name is, has been really good. Uh, I, it's on the tip of my tongue, but he's been really good. Uh, their offense, offense has been bad. Like, Price was like a good running back. Uh, he came in, I believe, the last game. Looked really good. Uh, Brennan has looked better and better, I would say, every, every game. Uh, not great. Still makes some of the same bony decisions, but, I mean, him and Marshall have, like, really had a repertoire, I feel like. And I think they could easily get 40 on us. I mean, that seems to be within reason to me. The only thing I can see that stops that the defensive line is way more pressure. Like, if they look like the first quarter of their defensive line today, maybe they'll hold LSU to about 30-ish, maybe 25-ish, 28-ish. But realistically, I mean, 40 is very obtainable for LSU. Uh, Tennessee should be an L. Alabama should be an L. Uh, Tennessee and M should be an L. Let's just get past those. Alabama is beating us by 40 if they want to, 50 if they want to. Uh, we don't have anybody on this team that can cover Waddle. We don't have anybody on this team that can cover Devontae. Um... So yeah, that that's not happening. And whoever having a slot, uh, if you can get one on one, and fuck, fuck the receivers. Najee, do you see Najee tonight? Najee one on one against Christian Tut. Oh Jesus. Um, the only the only one I can see us like really winning out of the rest of the season is Mississippi State, who beats us in who uh, Mississippi State routinely beats bad Auburn teams in Starkville. So. I don't see how we beat Mississippi State, but they looked really one-dimensional. Uh, Pirate looks like how I think a lot of us predicted him to look when he went to the SEC. Figured out. Uh, Costello is horrible. That's going to be probably one of the worst Mississippi State-Auburn matchups since the uh, 2008 one. Uh, it's going to be stinker. Just really bad. Really, really bad. So, I'll send off y'all with this. I have Auburn winning. I'll say Mississippi State and... Give me Tennessee. It'd be Mississippi State, Tennessee. So I have them winning two, and then I have them finishing four and six, I suppose. So four and six with a floor of two and eight, and probably a ceiling of six and four. Um, just cannot seem to be in Alabama or AM. Uh, it just seems like AM's year to get some retribution against pretty much most of everybody who kicks their ass, except uh, Alabama. But I don't see how I, I don't see how we. I mean, fuck them. I mean, we 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 look bad right now. Uh, Mississippi State. That's gonna be probably their best chance to get a W. I feel like the rest of this schedule. Ole Miss number two. Unless you maybe. But hope y'all enjoyed this. Uh, if you're if you're Auburn fan, you probably didn't. But listen, guys, this is what needed to be done. Arkansas needed to win. Kentucky needed to win. This needs to be a stinker of a season. Gus needs to be gone. There is no reason to keep this uh, mirage up 
And this recruiting class is already done. If you follow recruiting very well, DeQuincy uh, is heading down the other way in the state. Uh, Marriage Close is recruiting down the second. Yeah, we got to have like 20 against Georgia. Um, you know, just a scoop might go a different way. I'm not sure about that, but I'm, you know, it's still 50 50, and I'm sure it's not looking better with Florida going one way and us going the other way. Uh, so that's, that's not something to look forward to. And it's going to, I mean, probably have decommitments too if it does get very spotty. Like, let's say, I don't know, three and four. Three and five, like three and five going to Alabama. You might start seeing some decommitments. I mean, it's very possible. Uh, Armani Goodwin, I mean, he still has LSU and Alabama on the board. Why would he go here instead of there? You know? Uh, so just something to keep in mind. But let's end it on that. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. You know, like, rate, subscribe, all that shit. Um, share, comment, talk to me. You know, just, just talk to me, man. Talk to me.